Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. We invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the various features that we have there for you. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content of the site. Find something online you think is interesting. You just submit it over at freetalklive.com and... At that point, other listeners get the chance to vote on it. You also can vote on the other things that others have submitted, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website, thereby increasing the amount of people who will come across it. So head on over to freetalklive.com, get interactive. Uh, We are going to talk about a story that may be a little disturbing for some in the listening audience tonight, so beware. It is uh, regarding the police... And not the usual police story. I mean, there's plenty of police stories about abuse, uh, physical like beatings and things like that. The police hurting people, hurting peaceful people, shooting people in the back when they're handcuffed and on the ground and surrounded by cops. I mean, there's no shortage of these kinds of police abuse stories. And, of course, in most of these uh, violent-style police abuse stories, the cops get away with it. Uh, frequently, they are investigated by their own police department or maybe even, uh, you know, like the state police department, for instance. And 99 times out of 100. The I don't know if you can go 99 out of 100. I would say so. Uh, that, you know, I don't have That's exact statistics. It's not my speculation. It's my observation. Okay, having fine. reported on these things for years on this program. But it seems like almost always the cops exonerate themselves. They say, well, it was... yeah." It was okay what that cop did. It was all right uh, setting that house on fire with the tear gas uh, grenades. It was okay beating that person to death, uh, shooting the old woman, uh, the 92-year-old woman in her her own home, half blind, half deaf. Yeah, that's all all right. But this is a little different, Mark. This is not beatings. This is sex. Yeah, apparently um, there is a program. I mean, I think most people know, but it's called the Explorers Program. It's a mm-hmm. Boy Scout program. Um, and But girls are allowed. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they're allowed into this. Um, and it places young people from the ages of 15 on up in basically you know situations with police officers on a regular basis. Um, it says here with nearly – 2,000 law enforcement explorer posts and upward of 32,000 14 to 21-year-olds participating in the Boy Scouts affiliated program each year. Um, there have been hun- more than 100 cases where they have uh, found that police were having sex with um, the, the explorers. Now, this is from the, the Phoenix New Times, by the that's way. That's right. Phoenix New Times, uh, Jonathan Kamansky uh, reporting here. And – it's a very detailed article and one which will not will not have time to share the entirety. No, of it no, with it's you. it's five pages long. Um, but but I, can, I think just the first story in it is is very instructive. Yeah, it to, is. I mean, the first thing that we need to uh, sort of uh, you know talk about um, is that generally. Uh, I mean, I think everybody realizes the police generally don't give themselves uh, other police officers speeding tickets, right? It's called professional courtesy. I think you know. I'm. I just. You don't see it too often that a police officer pulls over another police car or even a car with one of those black and and blue lined stickers on them saying that I'm part of the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. They don't usually do that. Um, now, obviously, you know they they can't see that little sticker from uh, back there with the squad car. But you know, once they do see it as they're walking up, then maybe they make another decision, give a warning, something yep. like that. Um, so anyway, as the uh, as the case may be. Now, I think when it comes to sex cases, the police uh, tend to look the other way less often. You mean amongst the police? Amongst the police, but. 
you've got to kind of consider this is a program of not just 14-year-olds, but 21-year-olds, too. And when you have an explorer who's 20 years old riding along with a police officer and they decide uh, you know, to have sex, you've got one in a position of power and one out of a position of power. Some people would call that a problem and some wouldn't. And I would say that's generally inappropriate. I don't know. I mean, I, you can you can make whatever decision you want to make. I what I know is that sixteen year olds and fifteen year olds and fourteen year olds make sexual decisions for themselves. This Whether I like those sexual decisions or not is not the point. The point is they make those decisions, and when you take what for all intents and purposes throughout human history have been adults until recently. Um, you know, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds have all been adults. They've been able to marry. They've been able to do whatever they want. And now when you stick them into squad cars, you have a, uh, you know, a randy young lady. By the way, there's stories here of young ladies sleeping their way through whole departments. Now, oh you can't tell me this is a cop molesting young ladies in, this, in that circumstance. And, well, you know, no. Are the allegations that the 100 kids were molested or that well, there was just sexual activity you know, a lot of people say um, you know they, they refer to them as kids and i was just doing that um you know and it shouldn't be these They're are teens, young adults yeah. um these pe- these young people uh, they're referring to them sort of you know statutory rape as if a 14 year old can't make a decision to have sex with a 28 year old that's a t- you know and i'm not saying that i think it's right i'm just saying that i know it's done and i know what it's like to be 14 and i know that if i had had the opportunity to have sex with an attractive 28 year old woman I would have done it in a heartbeat. Of course, not all these cops are attractive, but that's it besides the it point. It doesn't matter. Their power, in some cases, makes them attractive. A lot of these uh, young people like the badge. Mm-hmm. They like that. And there are get, some uh, some males and females who are attracted to the the I idea think it's of generally, power. Generally, women attracted to men in uniform. I think is the the sort of the social you know the the common um, kind of thing. But certainly, that's it goes the other direction. In this, they're case, groupies. I mean, they, essentially, yeah, the cops groupies. have groupies. Sure. In this case here, uh, Maggie had entered a primary gateway into American law enforcement. The paunchy, gregarious 43-year-old sergeant... 53. 53, excuse me. Um, my vision's really bad here. Do you want me to take care of that? I can uh, take care of that. I, let me get through this sentence here. Um, had been running through Brownwood's Explorer program since its inception, took pains to make her feel special, rapidly promoting her through the ranks. He promised her um, to get her into the police academy when she was of age. Soon... He was taking her on ride-alongs every night. You're talking about Sergeant Vince Arizaz. Arias? Arias. Yeah, whatever his name is. And he he ends up, the department uh, ends up doing uh, an investigation here. But apparently in 2004, according to court records, a 15-year-old explorer told that same police department's chief, Virgil Cohen, that... Arias had forced himself on her one night when they were alone in the station house, kissing her, fondling her breasts, and uh, touching her in her naughty place, um, her special place. Cowan also knew of uh, text messages Arias had uh, sent to the girl bragging about the size of his member and how they in- he intended to use it upon her. And he said, you're just a child, the girl recalls Cowan telling her. This is the chief police telling the young lady, the 15-year-old, that has been entrusted into his protection. He says, you're just a child. You're making it up. And she had text messages. And she's talking about molest. That's molestation when yep. she's reporting there. Her that's complaint not her went sleeping her way nowhere. up. Nowhere. And another police officer that saw his inappropriate behavior with Maggie, his investigation went nowhere. It's only until those two got together that the police department finally did something. And this 
These things happen. There's a higher level of proof necessary to go after a law enforcement officer. I'd love anybody to tell me something different because that's what I've seen in my line of work for 10 years being on the radio, reporting on government abuses. What I see is that when you when a, when an allegation of whatever sort is made against a police officer, that it is generally a higher standard of proof than, than the one made upon just a normal citizen, that they are a different class of citizen, higher and better. Well, I mean, you could tell that the police chief in this instance, he's not even interested in looking at it. He's not even interested in investigating with a, with a statement like, you're just making it up. You're just a child. Uh, that's basically, yeah, get out of my so office. They put a camera, a secret camera on. They get this Aziz guy. He says um, they get uh, the, the Hannah, Hannah, the cop here, sets up a hidden camera uh, for five nights. He watches as the sergeant kiss and gropes Maggie, but he held off until he finally had his smoking gun. After watching Aziz go down on the girl, he swooped in for an arrest. Now, I want you to understand what happened here. A 15-year-old girl, was woman, was used as bait for this. They knew what was up, and they let her be, quote-unquote, now, I don't believe it. I believe that this was, you know, it sounds to me like it was consensual here, but they, under, under their standards, they let her be molested in order to catch this guy. Well, wait, was it consensual or was she, I mean, if she's saying he was forcing himself on her, that's not consensual. No, no, that's two different girls. This is two different incidences, Ian. That was Natalie I was referring to in 2004 that had been uh, stopped, uh, groped, and um, had the text messages that the uh, police chief told her to go take a Uh, long walk off a short pier. This is Maggie. This is um, in relatively recent. Got it. Got it. We'll continue this here. uh, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. How widespread do you think this really is? Is it just a few bad apples? A hundred of them. More? Just a hundred? It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Web features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of this show... You can just download as many as you want. They're right there. You can grab them on the front page and then click into the archives section to go all the way back to late 2006. All of it is free at freetalklive.com. So head over there and enjoy that. Also, we are going to be attending the Liberty Forum, Free State Projects Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 26th. Uh, Peter Schiff just announced as the investment advisor. Peter Schiff, uh, awesome. You might have seen him on television here and there as a the guy that p- p- predicted the economic collapse. Well, Ron Paul did too, but Peter yeah. Schiff definitely uh, was. Uh, he gets was a lot of the credit. 
and he's going to be speaking as the keynote speaker. But there are many, many more speakers at the Liberty Forum, including uh, John Lott from More Guns, Less Crime, Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government, Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center, uh, and more, including Jody Emery we had on this show uh, last week. She'll be speaking there as well from CannabisCulture.com. Lots of different types of uh, speechifying, but it's not all about seeing the big names. It's also about being, and mostly for me, it's about being around people who love freedom, people who understand what liberty means, people who are sick and tired of things like police corruption and uh, continued uh, extraction of our uh, you know, individual's wealth to this violent monopoly we know of as the state, uh, people who want to be free and who are willing to do something about it. Hundreds of them will be together in the same hotel for a weekend, though again, February 23rd through the 26th, and it's a blast. I highly recommend you take a moment to go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, especially if you want to snag the early bird discount, which, as I understand it, has been extended through tonight. It's going to probably go away at some time tomorrow. You may get lucky if you wake up tomorrow morning and put in an order then at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, or it may go. It may end at midnight tonight. So just to be safe, if you want to snag the early bird discounted price of under 200 bucks for an entire weekend convention, basically – uh, head on over to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Now, whether you sign up tonight or you wait two weeks, you can always use the Free Talk Live discount code to get 10% off. And that code is FTL2012. That's FTL2012 to save 10% on the 2012 Liberty Forum. Go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Mark, you've been sharing with us some excerpts uh, from the Phoenix New Times in a lengthy five-page and when I say pages, we're talking about internet pages, so they just go down for a ways. Uh, it's a long piece over at phoenixnewtimes.com. On my Word document, it came out to, uh, after I'd taken out all the little pictures and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, down to 15 pages. 15 so. pages. I mean, this is a, a very uh, a very detailed report on yeah. what is essentially 100 police officers in the last, what did you say, a few decades? Yeah, this, is, uh, this has been a couple of decades at least. Um, and it may have been you know, more closer to three. But in the past year... Two sheriff's deputies in San Bernardino, California, were arrested for having sex with underage girls. A New York City cop was charged with child sex abuse after sending racy text messages to a 14-year-old. An officer in uh, Bremerton, Washington, was reprimanded for sleeping with an 18-year-old. Uh, that was uh, These are explorers, by the way. Police explorers. Police explorers, uh, Boy Scout uh, organization. And a former cop in Burlington, North Carolina, pleaded guilty to uh, taking liberties with a minor after being accused of having sex with a 14-year-old that he'd taken on ride-alongs. So there's no shortage of these cases, and the interesting thing is these are the cases we're hearing about. These are the cases to which there is some evidence of these behaviors happening. Yeah, and this start, this came, this happened from the very start. Law enforcement explorer girls, or legs, as they were com- commonly <laughs> known at the time, in the mid-70s, they started in Los Angeles, um, and they had uh, the, the Tinseltown outpost. And, you know, they rode along, they did some office stuff and all that kind of thing. As a, a token of appreciation, the Hollywood cops began taking the explorer girls, most of them 15 and 16 years old, on overnight uh, weekend camping trips. The tradition endured for more than two oh years until the autumn of 1976 when one of the girls, uncomfortable with the campsite activities, complained to a department higher up saying the camping trips uh, were a little more than orgies. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, the the idea that you're going to take what essentially are young women, I mean, you know, you can call them kids if you want to call them kids, but they're only kids by modern society's uh, definition. I mean, w- a lot of women, them look like women to me. Women at 14, 15, 16 years old were, uh, 
you know, married having having kids as short as I mean, Loretta Lynn was married at 12. Right. Yeah, I mean, less than a century ago, this was not uncommon. Not an uncommon thing. Um, so, you know, the idea that you're going to stick them in a squad car with a guy whose, uh, you know, qualifications in some cases aren't even, you know, a degree. Not to say that a degree makes a person moral. No, it but you're sticking doesn't. them in a, sw- a squad car with somebody uh, that they likely look up to. Yep. That they uh, that they respect. Yep. That also and they know the power of sexuality. They, that, right. They know their own sexuality, but uh, that that also holds keys to their future as a police officer. And that's one of the most important aspects of this. Sure, if he says she's a bad uh, little explorer, will she get into the... No way. Uh, yeah. No way. It's a, it's a total, you know, it's a good old boys system. And if you're not in with the good old boys, then you're, no, you're not going to get in the, the organization. And look, I got no problem with people exploring sexuality and uh, having a, you know, whatever. If you want to have sex with somebody, that's your well, business. My problem here is that people look to, you know, the, the, the idea of authority and power. My concern is, is that people send their young, uh, you know, their, their young teenage daughters out to these police programs and believe for some reason reason that police officers, police men and women are not people, that they are some kind of higher moral being, when yeah. in fact they are just like you and me, and they will act just like normal folks, whatever those normal folks act like in those circumstances. You know, if you actually talk to uh, some cops, you probably find out that they tend to be a little more sexually uh, oriented than probably the average I don't know. Uh, guy. I don't, I don't know that that's true. I mean, what, you, I do know that, that uh, one of the selling points of uh, uniforms for young men is essentially hey you'll get girls with this mm-hmm. i mean that's we're certainly told that um you know that's that's the the meme out there the uh, the underlying idea is that hey you get yourself a uniform be it a military police firefighter whatever it is and i mean look at the calendars uh, you know they got the firefighter calendars yeah and these these things happen i'm a firefighter i tell you they're not swamping me i can assure you of that well, you're a firefighter in a small town hey, right, but, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I, hey i'm the youngest best looking firefighter no, that's not true there are uh, a couple of young guys on the squad and certainly better looking than I am. But, um, you know, the, the the idea that you're sending these young girls out there and just saying, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, uh, you know, an overnight ride along with this uh, 53-year-old uh, police sergeant, nothing's going to happen. You know, uh, Mark, just to point something out here, it it isn't – it doesn't say here in the story it's all girls. Right. It doesn't no. doesn't make that clear. There, there is uh, there. There's another um, I've got another highlighted bit here where a I believe it was a captain. Uh, no, not a captain, a uh, supervisor of some sort, apparently, um, you know, had uh, molested several young men. Um, it's a deputy. Uh, Deputy Chief of the LAPD was accused of molesting at least six boys he'd supervised when they were LAPD explorers in 1970. Um, Apparently, this one, this this uh, David Kalish, uh, this this deputy chief, had uh, uh, one accused one accuser said that he had forced him to perform oral sex in his squad car while the two were in uniform. I mean, forced, forced to. That's the term. That's where the problem comes in for me. Is the force? Well, there's no sh- uh, there's no shortage of the ter- term force in this article. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Is it ever appropriate for these relationships to happen? These uh, relationships where one person is in power. Whether we're talking about a scout master in the Boy Scouts, or we're talking about a police officer in the Explorers program. Eight five five four fifty free. The Ruger LC9 compact 
powerful and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything you want or comment on the Police Explorer sex scandal. 855-450-FREE is the number. We'll continue with that in a moment. Ruger's SR-40C is the new compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol. One of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized uh, 40 calibers on the market today. That's the sr 40 the SR40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame who's uh, used in so many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, ambidextrous controls. The SR40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or an alloy steel slide with Nitrodox pro-black finish. You can see it at Ruger.com, and it is, it, it, it's a, a fantastic-looking uh, handgun. You can purchase it at your local gun dealer. Again, it's Ruger.com. So I'm wondering, is there anybody listening tonight who actually thinks that the behavior on the police, uh, on the police's part in these instances we've been telling you about, police explorers, these are the teenage girls and boys that come in and, you know, work their way up and through this kind of the scout-like program for, uh, for teens that want to be cops, basically. Yeah, it's a, um, sort of a job, uh, you know, sort of apprenticeship program for police. And, and there are actually a couple of, uh, you know, they're, they're for a, a few other fields, but um, mainly it's uh, cops is what... Uh, that's where I've heard about that's it That's what I've before. heard about it too, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about over 100 cases over the last couple few decades where, you know, it's confirmed these things have, have happened, as oh, I yeah. understand it. And so that, of course, well, leads I mean, to... they there's been my my presumption is that there's been many more uh, multiples right. of the, well, that hundred because my experience in this world is that it takes a higher level of proof in order oh, to yeah. catch uh, police officers, uh, you know, to to convict or oh, uh, you know get police officers punished for crimes than it does for sort of the average individual. They're going to brush when, as much of this under the rug as they when, can. When the average person gets, um, when you're talking about from arrest to conviction um, through a jury that fewer than 0.25% of people are acquitted that have been arrested, acquitted by a jury that have been arrested. I mean, that's a pretty small amount, less than 1%, a quarter of 1% of people are acquitted that have been arrested. And that's an incredible number. I mean, you know, we must have some very efficient law enforcement officers out there that, um, you know, a quarter of 1% of people are actually acquitted by a jury. In this case, the it really begs the question: if if a hundred of these guys have been caught, if there have been a hundred cases that are confirmed over the years, how many are there that we don't know about? How many are there where there was a report and no one investigated? Like that caught that chief, he had a report that uh, that one of the cops was forcing himself on this uh, teenage girl, the same cop that has finally been busted years later for doing the same thing to a different girl, or maybe not forcing himself on a different girl, but having sex with her. The other girl said she was forced upon. And, uh, you know, how many times was that guy reported to the chief? 
how many other instances have been reported to the same chief and he's you know blown it off how many other chiefs around the country police chiefs have blown these reports off and brushed them under the rug in order to not make waves in the department to protect their uh, their brethren their brothers in the thin blue themselves. line themselves look at captain tom wolf who took uh, natalie to a pizza joint where she, he, he was uh, seen caressing her inner thigh in public an oh assertion he denies and gave her special assignments that allowed her to bring home confidential paperwork a third officer brandon <laughs> greenhill admitted to inviting natalie to his house while his wife was out of town and a movie uh, played on the tv Wait, and the having same sex girl? with her this is a different natalie i'm sorry there's a uh, you know too many natalie's okay. in the world. apparently natalie's like to become cops no, uh, i think that yeah i don't know so that that, so it begs the question of how often is this happening and there's no way to really answer that question but it does. One of those things that makes you go, hmm. 855-453. And more importantly, how do you feel about this? I mean, is there somebody out there who thinks, oh, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, Cops should be able to have sex with their explorers. To- totally appropriate. Just come on. Does anybody get to call in and say that? Ian? No. And that's, that's a silly question to <laughs> I just, ask. But I, I mean, there are, there are so many people that call this show to defend the police. Right. Every They'll time. defend them. And no, no, it seems like no matter how outrageous of uh, violence right. well, they it, commit. Right. Every time we talk about an instance where a police officer is accused of using too much violence in a circumstance, someone will call in and defend and say something like, well, they have a violent job. Da, 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 da. You know, and what my contention is, is that power. Power tends to create corruption, that when you have power, mm-hmm. you're less likely to get convicted of something. You're less likely to be accused of something. And right. then you you sort of subconsciously know this and it creates actions that then, you know, are sort of more cowboy ish. So I think that it's it's not a surprise that uh, men are attracted to teenagers uh, as you pointed out, Mark, teenagers. I don't are know getting... why you're calling teenagers anything less than than adults. I mean, because frankly, in a lot of ways, they they very very much are. In many ways, you're right about that. Uh, certainly, they're they're able to make babies and things like that. So they're certainly prepared to uh, you know physically to have sex. Whether they're prepared mentally is another question, and can only right. be answered by each teen. Uh, but uh, that's you know I don't want to necessarily talk about the age of consent here because uh, I think that it should be drastically lowered because I believe teenagers can make these decisions. Clearly, they are making these. decisions. I I think their parents should be involved in that decision-making process, and part of that involvement is who the heck are they riding around in cars with at night? Right. So, uh, so you look at these situations, and you, you know you have to wonder uh, about when is it appropriate? Is it ever appropriate for these situations? Because I say when you've got a position of power. Like these cops are lording power over these these teens, and if the cop says no, this this person should not become a police officer. They're not going to become a police officer. So knowing that, does that affect how these teenagers are behaving around these police officers? Would they otherwise have not had sex with them uh, if you know the, the in cop some cases have, is the answer if, if the cop didn't have power? Because I get it, you know, teenagers they're young. You know they're 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 More ready to have babies. You know they're they're horny. They're experimenting. People are attracted to them, and that makes sense. And if a guy tells you he's not attracted well, to teenage, the you know, problem teens, here is these same police officers that were doing this with these fifteen-year-olds would be the same cops that would arrest an eighteen-year-old for having sex with a fifteen-year-old, and they'd lecture him. I too. spent nine years in prison, and some of those people in there, at the very least, claimed I don't, you know, I don't have their files or anything, but they claimed, that, oh yeah, I was eighteen having sex with a fifteen-year-old or whatever. Absolutely, and, uh, you it know, happens a lot. It Guys happens. get busted. I mean, for that I a see lot. the news stories. I know it does happen.
Right, and those same cops would probably lecture that guy, too, about how bad it was that he did those sorts of things. Let's talk to Dave listening. Oh, nope, Dave just dropped off the line. Let's try Jared listening in Indiana to WXNT. Hello, Jared. Hey, what's going on? What's on your mind, Jared? Hey, uh, this was kind, of, it was kind of a great segue, what you guys were just talking about, uh, as far as you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. We've mm-hmm. all heard that. I think as far as our societal ills go, a lot of them would fade away or begin to fade away very quickly if all men and women, uh, well, we'd have men and women prisons, but if all men, from a pot dealer to Bernie Madoff, all went to the exact same facility, these guys, like Bernie Madoff, would be a lot more cautious about the stuff they do because, as it is now, their power allows them to develop a system in which they don't go to the rough and tumble end of the 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 the, the, the political. The I disagree. Um, I disagree. Right? No, I, I disagree. This, the states that uh, don't have the death penalty have, you know, don't have higher crime rates um, in, in general than the states that do have the death penalty, which says to me that a larger amount of punishment does not dissuade the, a the criminal. The severity, you mean? The, the severity of a punishment doesn't dis- dissuade a criminal. A criminal says to themselves, I'm never going to get caught. Well, plus, I mean, how could you possibly advocate to put a peaceful human being like a pot dealer in the same prison and, you know, right next to murderers and rapists? Well, and I'm not. I'm not advocating at all putting the pot dealer there, but I am advocating putting Bernie Madoff there. Well, you know, people are mad at Bernie Madoff, and I get it. He, you know, he robbed a lot of people. But, you know, to some extent, his uh, high-end clients, it's difficult to feel bad for somebody who believes that they've just got the easy way. You know, I mean, that this one guy has all the answers, and he's always going to make me money. He's going to beat the system every time. I mean, don't you think that's a little irresponsible? Jared, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Share your thoughts with us. 1-855-450-3733. Were you ever in the Police Explorers program? Maybe you could tell us your story. We talk about it. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. We are inviting you to dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. You can bring up what you want. That's the point of Free Talk Live. But also we're talking about the police uh, explorers program and how, well, guess what? They're having sex with those cops. Some of them by consent. Some of them not so much. We'll continue with that in a moment. You can get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. 
Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there at uh, LibertyStickers.com. You can entertain yourself for hours just by flipping through them and reading them. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's LibertyStickers.com. I've got one on the back of my car. It says uh, Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. It's LibertyStickers.com. All right, 855-450-FREE is the number. If you want to support Free Talk Live, by the way, you can shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there. You click into those, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So you're looking to get some holiday shopping done. Don't bother going to the discount stores or dealing with parking and driving and all that stuff. Just get it done by going to shop.freetalklive.com. You order through the links there, and Free Talk Live gets a portion. Unless you order through the, the Newegg links, there's Amazon and there's Newegg. If you order through Newegg, then the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund will get a portion of that purchase. But if you want to help Free Talk Live, go through the Amazon links and get the stuff you want and the stuff you need. So uh, 855-450-FREE is our number here. And, uh, Mark, I know you want to continue with the discussion of the, the prison system and punishing people, putting, you know, like the people that might have stolen money in with the people that have, uh, you know, held people up at gunpoint, uh, putting a murderer in with a pot dealer, as was suggested by our last caller. Uh, let's hold off on that and go to Chris in California. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Um, I actually called you guys uh, yesterday, uh, talked about the Mormonism deal. Um, okay. What's on your mind today, yeah. Chris? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about um, the, the issue of consent. I guess if we're going to be talking about consent, it'd be really important to define what consent's about, right? Well, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as as a libertarian uh, myself and reading about what autonomy um, means, you know, Immanuel Kant uh, would define that as being um, Kant. That's K A N T. Kant. <laughs> Kant. K A N T. Yep. yep. I didn't name the guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he defines it as being able to act upon a law that you give yourself. And I would question very much whether or not uh, a minor who grows up in an authoritarian environment, both in the home, the school, and pro- at play, you know, <laughs> depending on what kind of a community you're from. But, I mean, <clears throat> usually when people sign up for those kinds of things, it's the parents, really, uh, who are signing over uh, their kids. I don't think you're right about that at yeah, all. I don't. These teenagers are interested in being police officers. They're not being forced to go there by their parents. Right. It's, it's you, well, fun and depends, easy to talk about. If, 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 if a kid who's making that decision is aware of his own autonomy when he's well, making it. It's fun and easy to talk about how someone lacks autonomy inside of a societal situation where they've been uh, sort of brought up to believe certain things. And in that case, the vast majority of people who are, say, voting or going to church or whatever they're doing, Doing aren't making decisions autonomously. They're making decisions because mommy and daddy were Democrats or Republicans or Methodists or Lutherans or whatever. Well, I reason. don't know. I mean, if you get to the heart of the, uh, of the heart of the issue, and I think the heart of the law, the, the the problems that come down to, especially Americans and how we react to authority and how our transactions are usually done. I mean, how many times, you know, like if we see a cop, do we have that knee jerk reaction, you know, or we or we take a look at our speedometer? Sure. And, you know, I, I see that as a lack of, of, or at least a conviction of one's autonomy, that you would have a reaction just based on a site. Absolutely. There's no autonomy in that, in that circumstance <clears throat> right. because so gotta, people live gotta, in society. Got, so, so somebody's acting freely, 
right, who's aware of their own autonomy, would make a decision based solely on that. Well, no, it's, I don't know if that's if it's an issue of autonomy. I mean, I'm completely in control of myself, but the reason I'm 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 looking at the speedometer is self preservation. I mean, that's like you know, you see a bear in the forest and you right. check your gun to You're make sure still it's loaded. autonomous right. from well, the bear. If you go between 25 miles an hour in one zone and 15 in another, it's solely because Big Brother told you so. Well, and it's because see, of right. Well, it's because of fear of the consequences, in the same way that right. you're afraid so, of the bear in the woods. Chris, right. thanks and for the so call, if you're man. Fear I, of the consequences I, I, of what somebody else can do to you. That's the individual. Sure, and some of these teenagers might be afraid of based on coercion. Right, and some of these teenagers might be afraid of the consequences of what's going to happen to them if they don't consent to sex with these right. these police. Right. But that doesn't mean you're not autonomous. You still are making the choice to be afraid. Doesn't, you're making the choice, think, and, and you've got to follow this down, Chris, because if if the um in, if the teenager can't isn't uh, responsible for their decision to have sex with a police officer who's say ten years their sen- senior, then the police officer isn't responsible for their actions either because they were brought up in a society that dictated that a person with power would have the opportunity to lord it over somebody else uh, at the same time. So, I mean, you know, it all goes back to Adam and Eve at that point. I mean, at some point, responsibility has to be taken. Wouldn't you agree? I, I, w- I would agree, but only in the, the, you know, the hypothetical situation that you just kind of put forward. I think the, I think the real reality of the situation is, is some parents because they have a true authority over their child, signed over the, the 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 care of their child, their stewardship, over to another authority. Okay, and I whether don't. or I not that in some cases you, to, that's that's the reality of what happened. That so may be true in some cases. But there's this young lady who slept her way through a police department, six men on one force and then uh, four men on a different force. I mean, you think that lady's, uh, you know, was forced in, young lady was forced into it by her parents and therefore she was just acting out? Sounds like to me she has a cop fetish. What I'm saying is, is what we're seeing here is really just the same kind of repetitious, you know, authoritarian type of uh, interchanges that are done with, you know, with people. I think you're you know. overanalyzing it, but thank you, Chris, for the call. Appreciate it. At eight five five four fifty free, that's the SACL CAI toll free line. I think what you're seeing here is exactly what we're talking about. You've got teenagers who are, you know, exploring their sexuality, who in many cases may have an interest in the idea of being a police officer. That's why they are choosing to become explorers. I don't imagine they would do very well if their parents forced them into it. My parents, kind of at one point, you know. I don't know if they force is the right term, but they let's say they they nudged me into joining the uh, the Boy Scouts. I hated it, and uh, I ended up leaving after uh, less than a year. I enjoyed the Cub Scouts. That's fine. I'm just giving you an yeah. example. It doesn't matter if your parents sign you up for something. You're you're choosing at all times how to behave and how to act within those organizations. Even if there are consequences for those choices, you're still choosing. You're still you're the one at. Uh, cause in the matter. At cause. Thank you for that. Let's continue here. You can bring up anything. Let's go to Forrest listening in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live, Forrest. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to uh, segue into uh, a little bit different conversation that may... Sure. Go ahead with your thoughts. All righty. It's Free Talk uh, Live. You can bring up anything. So, go ahead. Okay. I'm a world traveler. Uh, I've traveled... Uh, from the Arctic to Antarctica and across six continents. Oh, I was hoping you'd say you'd traveled between worlds. Because <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, well, and I've done it all on a bicycle, about 125,000 miles. Hold on, you've been to Antarctica on a bicycle? I sure have. I've camped out and bicycled in Antarctica. Um, I assume and you took a boat between Tierra del Fuego and Antarctica, right? Tierra del Fuego, yes. Ushuaia, yes. I took a boat. 
and uh, landed in uh, McMurdo, stayed there and worked there for six months uh, on the ice. And, okay. And got to ride my bicycle. I got to go camping, uh, of course, climbing and skiing and all the things that you do down in Antarctica. All right. So you're an experienced uh, traveler. I'm an experienced traveler. And in my travels around the world, I'm a former math and science teacher, uh, I, I just had a great time traveling around the world, almost 100 countries now in the last 40 years. And when I got to China, and when I got to India, when I got to Bangladesh, and I got to Indochina, I got all these places where the human swarm has really uh, just taken over. It's destroyed habitat. Uh, the rivers, of course, run in raw sewage uh, in Asia. And, and the, the human condition is really quite terrible on mm-hmm. multiple levels. And uh, very sobering to me. And at that point in time, I, I really came to a consciousness, if you will. I spent a, Also, I spent a year down in South America and um, bicycled the whole length of South America and back up through the rainforest to Falls of Guasu and Paraguay and, um, and then through the rainforest out to the coast again. Okay. And in these travels, I really came across a, a whole new understanding of what the human race is facing in the 21st century. And just and as of that? October, uh, human overpopulation. And mm. that is the one subject that very few of media outlets and certainly leaders and, and countries and states are talking about. And even uh, when we hit uh, the human race, hit 7 billion people just October 31st. It was a one-day headline. It was a, it was a one-day headline sure. and forgotten. Now, I'd ask you this, though. Wouldn't you say that technology tends to solve the problems of human overpopulation? Tell you what, Forrest, hold that thought. We'll uh, we'll let you answer that question here in a moment. Bring it back, because we're not going to avoid the, the conversation. Uh, let's talk about that. I'm scared. You're scared? I ain't scared. You ain't scared. All right. 855-450-FREE. I have to agree with you, Mark. 1-855-450-3733. Is it overblown, the concerns about overpopulation? On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. You're a predator, Jack. Yearly is a bold independent film about the struggles of a middle class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards, including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. We invite you to the website, freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We're going to continue here with your phone calls about what you want. Forrest is uh, still on here with us. We actually brought him in toward the end of the last hour. 
and he wanted to talk about the issue of over the so-called issue of overpopulation. And uh, this came up actually on Free Talk Live. Uh, what a couple weeks back, two, three, four, three, four when weeks we hit, ago. We uh, hit seven billion. When uh, the, the population of the, the world eclipsed 7 billion, yes. it, I, th- I believe you and Stephanie talked about it on the Sunday night program, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't really there for that conversation, but I can, I can guess based on what you asked for. I it, used to be a zero populationist. I used to be a pers- person who believed that uh, the very best thing you could do for human culture was end the life of another. And oh gosh, uh, really? well, I mean, what else is the other? What is the other solution, right? Um, so, you know, yes, I, I, you know, I've looked at this, uh, looked at this in depth, and. You know, what I've come up with is that technology tends to solve the problem. But I asked Forrest this question, and I want to see what he has to say. So the question is, does technology solve the problem of overpopulation? Because Forrest has uh, said he's very worldly. He's traveled all over the place. On a bicycle. He's seen horrible things, you know, the you know sludge in rivers and pollution and things like that. Uh, so, Forrest, what do you think about Mark's question? Does technology solve the issue? Well, actually, um, I, I've... I've attended overpopulation uh, conferences in Washington, D.C. the last 10 years now. And one of the things, one of the harsh realities that we are facing is that we're at the end of the technology solving it for us. Uh, Currently, in the world today, we have 18 million human beings starved to death. That's 10 million children, 8 million adults. But you're assuming that that has something to do with um, the the inability to feed them instead of, say, governments taking food from people or starving them out or committing genocides. I mean, the fact is that uh, the the, the famines that get reported in the news can usually be tracked back to some despotic dictator. Well, yeah, and not always. But let's go beyond that. Let's go to our oceans and the carbon footprint and the ecological footprint and then – the, the mass species extinction of the other fellow creatures uh, traveling uh, with us on the planet right now. We're, we're taking out about 80 to 100 other species every single day now. Uh, we're acidifying what? the oceans. That You can go with a Norman Meyer at Oxford University. And you, his you're studies. saying 80 to 100 species are being a made extinct a day. day? That's per day in the rainforest around the world. And and to sounds give you preposterous to me. No, that sounds absolutely crazy to me. preposterous. Again, I, 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 I write about this and I speak about it, and that is verifiable through the Norman Meyer so, uh, at Oxford. All right. So my question uh, for you is: Let's presume what you're saying is true. Let's presume that you know all these species are being wiped out, but yet the humans are just crazily, uh, you know, reproducing, and there's going to be 10 billion before you know it, etc. Uh, what do you propose to do about it? Well, let me, let me. Let me lay the groundwork here. Uh, The United States right now is on course to add another 100 million people by 2035. Well, wait, are you saying... Through immigration. Are you saying that the United States is uh, a problem with overpopulation? I thought you were talking about the other countries, like Third World and things like that. Mm, No, the United States really is one of the the most ecologically uh, uh, consumer-oriented, carbon footprint-oriented, ecological footprint-oriented, uh, really quite destructive in the consumer as you know but you're not actually saying of, oh, no well, there's right. one thing the to car- say that carbon footprint yep. this is yep. true waste that is true however waste can be landfilled and turned into uh you know useful land and carbon is it's debatable as to whether or not um you know even though carbon dioxide heats the planet will that in fact result in a, a global warming situation because there are situations there are other factors that well, are causing I feel like we're going off on a tangent that. whereas when you're talking about uh, dirt farm 
farmers in Cambodia dropping cow poop into rivers, um, you know, so that people downstream can't have potable water and, you know, whatever creatures are in that stream, you know, being, uh, you know, killed off by algae blooms. That's an entirely larger footprint. Well, I, I think... Well, any- I, 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 yeah, I understand that. Well, I'll give you a quote from Dr. Albert Bartlett uh, from the University of Colorado. Uh, and I'm quoting, unlimited population growth cannot be sustained. You cannot sustain growth in the rates of consumption of resources. No species can overrun the carrying capacity of a finite landmass. This law cannot be repealed, and it is not negotiable, unquote. What 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 okay. we're really facing so here? So what you're talking about is, is people right. You're, what you're talking about here are people that have a lack mentality. They believe that there's only so much and only it can only be spread around in a certain fashion. But those people don't really have a real good grasp, in my opinion, on history and how it is that uh, man, when you combine our uh, brain power with natural resources, has an amazing ability to take things that previously had been seen as useless and make very very useful and new ideas come out that allow for things like vertical farming, for instance, which uh, instead of spreading out farms over a flat piece of land would allow farms to grow upwards, thereby dramatically increasing the yield of any given Desalinization of water and using the mineralized water from the ocean rather than um, you know the, the, the less mineralized water from fresh water as uh, to make these super vegetables. If, uh, if, people if you, housing houses actually using the same water over and over again with purifi- purified systems. I mean, if the you, Technology has a huge area to grow into, and we are not at the end of it. Right, and and you'll never be at the end because by that time you'll always have the idea of colonizing other planets and things like that. But beyond that, if you had told people in the Middle Ages, for instance, that you would be able to fit 15 million people in the area the size of New York City and the surrounding uh, geographic area, sure. technologically it wouldn't have been possible. Well, Right. They never would have been able to believe it. They would have said, no, there, there's no way if they could count that high. There, there's no the way. The king couldn't control them, yeah. forsooth. So I, I'm sorry, but these people just don't have the, the proper vision for the future. But all that aside, now that you've laid your groundwork, I'd well, like I to know. Even, what, I haven't even. I haven't. I don't, we don't I have time for. A, we don't have time for a treatise on this. Uh, this matter. I have questions, and I'd like you to answer them, please. Okay. What yeah. do you propose? If you believe this is a problem, what's your solution? Well, for the United States of America, uh, in order, you know, for us to add another hundred million people, it's going to degrade the quality of life, and it's going to degrade the quality uh, simply uh, the the standard of living in this country no way and you, so you drive we, through uh, you drive through montana you hit the seek button on the radio and you find nothing i mean there's plenty of room in the united nine, states most not, of uh, america is completely about, unurban. gentlemen gentlemen it's not about space it's about carrying capacity we are already importing 7 out of 10 barrels of oil uh, every day that we uh, burn the 20 million okay, uh, barrels so of we'll oil so come up with a different power we, source again what's your proposal on the same continent what's your proposal the simplest thing for the United States, since we have, uh, and also, I, have either of you gone to China or India or Bangladesh? Just want a proposal. Look, I've been to Bermuda, I've been to Greece, I can't tell you anything about their governments, it doesn't matter where Forrest, I've been. Forrest, we've got other people that would like to comment on this and other issues, so please, if you okay, believe well, this is a problem, yeah. I need you to summarize in less than a minute what your proposal is. I, I suspect I... I you, do you want to kill people? Do you, do you no, want to no, abort people? No, absolutely people? not. Do you I, want I, to, I'm absolutely. I'm do you a want humanist. to give tubal no, ligations not. to 14 year old girls? Do you, you want a police state? No. Do, you want, do you want a police state no. on the border? No, 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 no. What's your proposal? The United States, the United States has been a, uh, a 2.03 fertility rate since 1970. 
So we have had a stable population in this country. Uh, unfortunately, the world population is growing by 80 million net gain per year, and, and their crises is now becoming our crises. You've got 30 and, seconds to put forth a proposal. Well, uh, I, 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 I can see this is not going anywhere. With you, you don't have any ideas. What, I mean, if you I think there's a problem, what's the solution? Or drop off the line. I mean, you know, if if there's a problem, there's a problem. I got you. I'll tell you what the problem is. Agrarian societies tend to have large families because children are valuable in raising farmland. Immediately, first generation, you move them to the city, they have fewer kids because kids are a liability in a city. So here's the the answer. The answer is stop stepping on the necks of poor people around the world and have your government get out of the business of supporting dictators, kings, Mm. and despots around the world. And then you will see the quality of life increase in those countries the way it has in the United States, and you will have more people living in urban centers and suburban centers like they are. They'll stop having kids. You'll see the growth of the population diminish. This is coming from a person who used to be a zero populationist. There's more coming up here. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. show is free talk live it's the live saturday edition and you can bring up anything you want the number 855-453 that's 1-855-450-3733 joining you tonight it's ian and mark and we invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free so enjoy those on us once again that's freetalklive.com and those features include the listening options go to listen.freetalklive.com You'll be able to tune in via our broadband and dial-up streams. Also, learn about the over 100 great radio stations that air the show at various times throughout the week, as well as our two XM satellite radio channels, the free-to-air satellite channel, the uh, listen lines that allow you to call from any phone anywhere, and our webcam. Go and check it out over at listen.freetalklive.com. We were just talking about greenhouse gases. You know those darn cigarettes release greenhouse gases? Well... There's a solution. The e-cigarette, especially the e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com. The e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com is one of the best-made e-cigarettes in the market today. You can get it for free. It is 22,000 times healthier than smoking a cigarette. The average smoker will save, oh, 120 bucks a month at the very least. And no more ashtray mouth, no secondhand smoke, uh, you know, choking the kids. And you can use it just about anywhere. You can get it for free, as I said, by using coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. Buy 40 cartomizers, and uh, you'll get that. And use that coupon code. You'll get the free starter kit. You'll also get free shipping. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com and use coupon code FTL. 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to Rick listening in Pennsylvania. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How's it going, guys? Rick, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just, I have to comment, that guy Forrest had me uh, seething with anger. Really? Uh, I'll only speak to the people who I have encountered that, that, that talk about this overpopulation myth. 
for the most part, they do not want to say what they actually feel about the situation. And that is that we have to kill people. Right. He wouldn't admit it. Like, I kept trying to press him for this. He's saying yeah. overpopulation's a problem. And I said, what's the solution? And I spent the last two minutes of the right. segment trying to get a solution if out of it. your solution is to get everybody to think like you do, you're in big trouble. I mean, like, like yeah. that's a tough solution to meet out because the world's full of a lot of different people who Con- think a lot of different ways. Control Here freaks in the don't Western world, admit. we got rid of chattel slavery, uh, you know, 150 to 200 years ago, depending on where you are, and it still exists in other parts of the world. So, I mean, you can't even get in a 200-year time window the idea of the human race to get rid of the idea of chattel slavery. So, I mean, let alone, hey, you got to have fewer kids. Um, I think that it's really about incentives. And the incentives that's been shown to work is letting people have a better lifestyle in a more urban uh, scenario, and then you'll have fewer kids. Absolutely. Now, I, I spoke to you guys about the uh, the eugenics and the, the forced sterilization issue a while back. Mm, I'll take your uh, word for a it. A couple weeks ago. Um, but that, that really is all part of it. These, these people, there was a, a professor in the University of Texas in Austin who uh, came out and said that he wanted to... Uh, he thought that it was emeritus to, to fund research for race-specific uh, and, and class-specific bioweapons. And you have people who, who have uh, on record said that they want to be reincarnated as deadly viruses to wipe out hundreds of thousands and millions of people. Mm. Uh, it really is disgusting to me to that think is. that to, for people to think that the only way to solve our problems is to just have a mass culling. It's, it really is despicable that people would even think that. Right. Uh, and they're and, too and cowardly to – most, right. most of them are too cowardly to admit it themselves. Come out and say it. Uh, and that's why they're like, well, I want to be a disease when I come back from, uh, <laughs> from the, the yeah. dead. If, if you really people, if want really, that – If they really think that it's a problem, then I welcome them. I, I have a knife and they're willing to – I'm willing to let them borrow it. Right. I mean, go around killing people. If you believe what you say, then do it. Well, you should actually. Well, you know, and if you do, if you. Themselves. Themselves. There's enough of these people that subscribe to this theory that if they really feel that way, then there is such a thing as suicide. I'm personally against it. I have a father who committed suicide. It's devastating. I'm I'm for it. I think if you. Too many people. Then do something about yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think if you want to kill yourself, you should absolutely have the right to do that. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a crime for someone to uh, to commit suicide. And indeed, if you're, you know, maybe he was telling the truth that he really didn't want to kill anybody. That he didn't want to use uh, violence as his solution. In which case, I think you're right. If, if you should set the example, if you believe that the world is overpopulated, be the first to take yourself out of it. Well, at the very least, don't have kids. I mean, that's that's what it, it was kind of popular in the 70s for people not to have kids. But then it was shown that, um, you know, it doesn't really matter because around the world, people in agrarian societies are having seven, eight, 12 of them. Really, what you have to do is you have to create a situation where you get a despotic empire out of the way and that is supporting you know, despots and kings and dictators around the world that are keeping people poor. When people are poor, they have more children. Good thoughts tonight, Rick. Yeah. Thanks for I, making it. I think it. an isolationist America without sending money and food to all these uh, horrible rulers and dictators in other countries would be a good start, too. I don't agree with that. I, I don't well, think... isolationist is a uh, loaded term. I, I would say that a, 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 
a country that is willing to trade with everyone but um, not willing to use force of arms on anyone is probably the uh, the, the best solution. Right. I don't want to isolate myself from the world. I want to integrate myself with it and, and take advantage of whatever great services are available or products are available from around the sure. world. That's that, how those people are going to get wealthy No, enough. I mean at a governmental level. Okay. I, I mean the, the meddling, governmental meddling is, yeah. is really what I mean by isolation. There's a better word. I, I should have been more clear. There's a better word than isolation because isolation makes it sound like you just want to close down the borders. Pat Buchanan. And, right, and lock yourself away from any kind of interaction with anyone else. Uh, thanks, Rick, for the call. I appreciate hearing What's from that you. What's that word? Eight five five four fifty free. I'm. It's a, it's escaping me at the moment, Mark. Yeah, I word. don't know what other, I, I don't even know what word you're talking about. But isolation. Inig- I, I, I prefer integration. I call it peace. But yeah, peace. Allowing free trade. How about that? Uh, but yeah, taking money by force from uh, from others and then giving it to other governments and other countries isn't helping anyone. You you kind of touched on this earlier, Mark. That money, that foreign aid that's being uh, handed out, the billions and billions of dollars of it yeah. by the federal government, that foreign aid's going to help out government people. It's not helping out the poor people of those countries. Sure. They're writing checks to other governments. Right, and those and government those guys... They, they build themselves large, beautiful palaces. They buy an armored BMW or something like mm-hmm. that with it. So let's continue with Brian in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Brian. Hey there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, you know, earlier somebody was talking about the species going ex- extinct every day. Yeah, he claimed it was 80 to 100 every single day. Yeah, that's a heck of a claim. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, you know, it sounds about right because I'm looking at some stuff on the Internet that says 50 species per day were discovered in 2006 at com. So that's my source. But, yeah, I mean... Things have to go extinct. It's evolution. Every day something gives birth to something that wasn't what it was before. It's the last of its kind. It dies and there's a new species. I mean, it has to. I mean, what are we going to do? Make sure that every species out there doesn't go extinct? We're going to put them all in cages and look at them? And what about the new species of centipede coming out? I mean, if absolutely nothing went extinct... The entire world would be this writhing mass of bugs and snakes. It would be like three feet of snow. (laughs) When you opened your door to go outside, you'd need a shovel to shovel a path through the snakes and the bugs and everything. I mean, yeah, things go extinct. It has to happen. But then there's more things. And so I do my part with overpopulation. When I see bugs, I squish them. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. (laughs) 855-450-FREE. I only do it if they're in the house, so they really scare me. You can take control of the airwaves. (laughs) 1-855-450-3733. There's another site here, Huffington Post, claims that uh, 200 species would go extinct every day. Of course, you can just claim anything you want. It's the internet, right? More coming up. This is Free Talk. Well, it's the UN part. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in toll-free and bring it what you want, 855-450-FREE. You can also talk about uh, things we've already discussed, like the police having sex with uh, teenagers in the Police Explorers program on a 
what seems like a fairly frequent basis. Uh, or we talked about overpopulation. You can also, again, bring up anything. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You know, um, we were talking about overpopulation and destabilizing events are happening around the world. Unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. You might want to be prepared and protect your family. For my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious, ready-to-make meal, ready-made meals like uh, cheesy lasagna, savory, savory stroganoff. Ian, what was the one that you had recently? I uh, had it written down the other day. It was uh, really tasty. Creamy though. vegetable, vegetable with uh, little twirly noodle things. What do <laughs> Rot- we call those? Rot- rotatinis, I think. Yeah, rotini. That was it. Creamy can- rotini. What's that? Creamy rotini. Creamy rotini. You can uh, you can have good. Yeah, delicious ma- meals like this that have a 25 year shelf life in mile, metal mylar pouches. Uh, they come in uh, big plastic totes that you can uh, just store in the basement of the garage, wherever is convenient for you. They you can prepare them in just minutes by adding water. Call eight five five Food Wise. Request a free sample today, or go to wisefoodstorage.com. I mean, what is there to lose? It's a free sample. Eight five five Food Wise. Wisefoodstorage.com. You use coupon code FTL to get the free sample, and for a limited time, you can get ten uh, percent off any order, and um, you'll get uh, free shipping. No cost shipping. It's wisefoodstorage.com. Eight five five Food Wise. Coupon code FTL. Let's go to Matt, listening in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, Mark and Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, real quick about the population thing. Um, as I'm listening to that, that kind of gets my blood boiled too. It sounds like that uh, forest was was a little was listening to the propaganda a little bit too much. And you know, I'm in my fifties, and I remember. It seems to me that we should be approaching about eight billion or nine billion by now, from the way they were fear-mongering when I was a kid hmm. about overpopulation. So it seems to me that the population has has actually slowed down. And this guy was talking about all the uh, places that he's been where he's seen all this human misery. Well, you should try going down into the sewers of uh, Chicago and looking at all the rats. You want to talk about an overpopulation? Uh, you know, that would look like there was an overpopulation of rats on the planet if you were to to judge the whole planet by that. Well, I mean, don't the rats just uh, live off of uh, the 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 waste and and um, you know discarded stuff of humans? That's exactly right. Well, what do we so live it, off when, of? When you have a, a high concentration of humans, you're going to have a high concentration of rats too. But if you you know you go out into the uh, into the wooded areas and into the, uh, uh, the rural areas, uh, you'll see them as as wildlife. You'll see all kinds of different wildlife going around, and, and there, it doesn't look like there's any overpopulation. Uh, I remember a few years ago we had that that huge uh, bird die off the, when the bird flu was around. Yeah, that's right. That was kind of weird. Yeah, and you know you couldn't hear the birds singing or anything during the summertime, but nowadays you walk or, or uh, this year. There was plenty of birds. That's right. The, flying around the crows are still around here, and uh, they're, they're back in black here in uh, New Hampshire. So what else were you calling right. about, Matt? Well, um, I got a job uh, recently uh, as a bell ringer for the Salvation Army. It's been interesting, so I've been kind of out of touch. It's uh, um, it's a job that work, I work from 1030 in the morning till 730 at night, and um I was standing out in front of the store ringing my bell, uh, and this guy pulled up, and he gets out of the car. He's got a baby in his car. 
and he just he runs into the store to get something. Mm. And I'm standing there ringing the bell, watching the car, and some guy comes passes by the car, looks into the window, and he goes, "There's a baby in that car!" Like he's all panicked. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I says, "Well, don't worry about it. I'm watching it." Mm. The last thing I wanted was him to call the police and right. say something about that. And um, it, it, it's, it's occurred to me, you know, people have been leaving babies in cars since cars have been around. Sure. Um, and every once in a while, something might happen. It's, it's you know, nothing's for it's sure sad. in this world. Yeah. And, uh, but... And this kind of ties in with 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 everything. Um, you shouldn't be calling the police and depending on government every time you see some little thing that might go wrong. Yeah, it seems to uh, me that if you're going to be concerned about a child in a car, you should stand by that car for ten minutes and worry right. uh, you know, before you do anything. I mean, if if that's if your concern is that about that child, and I get it, because there's a period of time uh, that it's okay to leave a child in the car, say long enough to take a cart back to um, you know the cart corral mm-hmm. or um, you know something like that. There's a period of time that's too long to leave a child in a car. Now, I don't know what that period is. I mean, if the if the car's sealed up and there's no uh, exhaust getting in it and you've got uh, and and you know the heat's on, the, the 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 temperature is controlled and a good environment i don't know i mean if the baby's sleeping you don't want to wake it up to take it in i don't know what the length of time is but it seems to me that a child's safe in a car for 10 minutes um if it's strapped in i mean it's uh, you know not able to crawl up and uh, turn put the car into park and uh, start driving into other cars as long as there's like no that. stuff it can grab and like shove in its mouth and choke i suppose right i mean you know it's it I, it's culturally not acceptable right now but i have we've had stories where a mother takes a, a cart to the cart corral and she comes back and there's a woman you know about ready to lose her head over her car her kid being in the car she's walked three parking spaces over to take mm. the cart to the cart corral i wonder how many ba- right. babies uh you know die in cars because they were left there by their parents as opposed to die in a bathtub because mom went out of the room to grab the phone when it rang or something like that I mean, well, sadly, I, there's, there's been some um uh my my um nephew's girlfriend was watching a baby and uh a three-year-old child and it wrapped its head around a uh uh one of the things that hang from the uh blinds the string uh, from the blinds and it hung itself and oh, died God. and oh my that God. was a very tragic situation sure it is um so anything can happen anywhere you know, when when my brothers were were young, you know, my brothers um, eight and nine years older than I was. So when they were two and three, respectively, my mom went into the store to buy like some milk or something real quick, and she came back out. And my older brother was burning my younger brother with a cigarette with the cigarette lighter that was in the car. Oh, boys will be boys. Thanks, Matt, for the call. Right. Appreciate it, man. Eight five five four fifty free. Let's go to Tim, listening in West Virginia and Charleston to WVTS. Hey, Tim. Hey, um, I was just wondering, um, I I haven't listened to talk radio that much, but what I have heard, um, I keep hearing about taxing the rich and cutting back spending and trying to fix our debt, but yet I haven't heard a single word about the legalization and taxation on marijuana. So you must be new to Free Talk Live then, if you... <laughs> you have you ever heard the yeah. show before? Uh, have you ever heard Free Talk Live before? Is this your first time? Uh, no, I've, I've listened to it uh, past couple nights. I've been at work. 
Okay. Well, f- well, we frequently will hit this uh, subject. In fact, I- I'll go further and say that all drugs need to be completely decriminalized, including prescription medications. And uh, and I don't advocate legalization because I don't believe in taxing things. Well, and I think that stealing money marijuana should be as legal as tomato plants. I don't think that you should you yeah. be taxed on tomatoes because they're tomatoes, and I don't think you should be pa- taxed on uh, marijuana because it's a it's a sin or anything in the same way that they tax alcohol and stuff like that. Right. However. If that's what it takes in order to uh, see this uh, war on Americans um, ended, I would concede that point. Yeah, the war on drugs is a war on people. It's a war on our brothers and sisters and friends and family. And I want to mention, I was talking about how we have the uh, the Christmas uh, the carols, the chronic Christmas carols that we've been singing up here in New Hampshire. The Liberty activists here have been singing them. We were practicing them in the car today as we drove to the uh, the Occupy New Hampshire event. And uh, the song sheet is now available. Anybody can go and download their so their fun songs. Uh, you can go to freekeen.com. And if it's not right, this it's maybe a few stories down now at this point, uh, so scroll down a little bit, or just click on the tools section, and you'll find it there. You can download two big JPEGs and print out your own song sheets and sing some chronic carols. But you'll hear about it plenty on this show, Tim. Uh, it's the rest of the shows that uh, they don't get the legalization issue. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Saturday edition of the program. We do this seven nights a week. 855-450-FREE. Mark hosts the Sunday edition of the program. Yes, I do. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Just become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. You can use Visa, MasterCard, PayPal. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. Uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, podcast, and more. Amp.freetalklive.com. We go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Josh listening in West Virginia. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind, Josh? I am, uh, I am a, uh, I, got, I want to ask for some advice. Okay. I am, I'm uh, 24 years old. I'll be uh, 25, which makes me eligible to run for uh, West Virginia House of Delegates. And uh, as you guys probably know, West Virginia is a, a very, very democratic <clears throat> uh, and socialistic uh, program type state. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm a registered Republican, but I'm very much considering, uh, running as an independent because I am more of a, a Ron Paul type myself. Um, would you guys have any advice as to how to, how to break into that? Uh, it's more of an FDR type Democrat around here, uh, which, you know, socialism, socialism, but it is what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to um, come with how I can penetrate and uh, 
possibly change the mindset of some of the people around here hmm. uh, to more of a free type area, which is probably going to be very difficult. Uh, so hold on, would... let me let me see if I'm clear on this. You're saying okay. that you're living in a Democrat area. The whole state of West Virginia, you say, is is, is Democrat. And... It, it, well, on 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 uh, local politics, Republican. I mean, for for president, you know, nine times out of ten they vote Republican. But and on the on the state level, definitely. Democrat, and you're yeah. saying that uh, that you are looking to become a Democrat so you can hopefully win an election, and you're wondering. No, 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 absolutely not. Maybe run as an independent. Oh, independent. I'm sorry, I must have, yes, I must have missed that point. Okay, so you want to run as an independent? Now you're asking the question of how to get on the ballot. I, I guess I'm confused what you're looking well, for. I, I'm I'm a registered Republican, uh, but but I'm I'm a Ron Paul type. I'm 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 more of a libertarian. Okay. Um, but. I want to know, you know, I'm I'm young, uh, and I would like to make a difference in this area. Now, a lot of us work in the coal industry, uh, and they make very good money, and and they're starting to turn more conservative. How would I go about penetrating the local area? Um, uh, you know, the guy that ran in my district um, last year got like 236 votes of the Republican versus 2,000 mm. for the Democrat. When's the last time an independent ran? You know, I'm I'm not sure an independent has ever ran in this area, well, in this in uh, this district. It sounds like you could do just as badly as a, as the Republican as a, as an independent. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, you you have to you have to look at the reality of your situation um, wherever you happen to be, and yeah. it sounds to me like um, you know, Republican. From what you're saying, Republicans going to have a tough row to hoe in your sure. particular district. What you know, the first thing I'd have to say is you got to knock on doors. I don't care what yeah. you are um, if you're going to. People, I think independents have a tough time because you can't meet everybody, and most people, when they um, vote, look at the little letter behind somebody's name. They're going to decide yeah. R or D uh, before they walk in. Uh, they've, they, you know, they decided that twenty years ago, and that's what they do. So, so why I, not become a Democrat then? I mean, if that's the uh, the best way to get elected there, why not? I mean, the original Democrats were were much more liberty oriented than many of them are today. I mean, classical. Oh, sure, Classical liberals uh, are, you know, that's that's essentially a liberty-oriented person. Now, if you so, if I were a liberty-oriented person and I wanted to win office, I would move to New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, that, you know, I've considered that. I've heard you talk about the uh, the Free State Project, uh, and and I like your idea. We've, um, we've had people win as both Republicans and Democrats within a, here. within two years of moving here. In oh yeah, really? Yeah, and there's the no age is, limit. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I graduated from Liberty University. Um, I have a degree in aeronautics, um, and and I went to work in the coal industry because I had to pay back my college debt. I have a six wow. month old son, mm-hmm. and um, and, I, and I've done very well. Um, you know, God's really been good to us. Uh, but um, went, you know, we had to do what we had to do, and and I make probably double or more than than the average American. Incredible. So so, so you've paid off your college debt then? No, no, I'm working on it. Um, I, I won't tell the name of my company, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I'm hoping that they're uh, going to write a contract and pay a large chunk of that. Um, you know, so you're you know, tied. You're tied with the uh, with the company. I mean, you're stuck. You're basically stuck where you are because you're getting, you're making good wages. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a, I, I'm an executive trainee with the company. I got and, no problem uh, with that. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if that's what you feel you have to do for you and your family, I you know yeah. I don't have a problem with How that. Much? But if you want to run for office, you have to consider what the the office is going to make too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you also have to consider uh, what it's going to cost you to run for office. Also, I mean, how much sure. money are you going to have to pour uh, into these campaigns to actually well, win? The incumbent raised twenty thousand last uh, 
for for his last election, mm-hmm. which you know, I mean, twenty thousand coming out of your payday is quite a bit, but you're, you know, and the incumbent is money, a Democrat, correct? Okay, so running uh, the problem is he he's voted to raise his own pay twice. Of course, yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, I think he's only voted maybe 12 times in about like eight years or something. You've got to decide whether or not it makes sense to run against him in a primary or run against him in the general. And this is, it's a tough decision to make because what you can't do is run against him as a Democrat in the primary and then run against him as a Republican in the general. Um, I mean, that's a, you need to look at what you think you can do. And door knocking, frankly, is the single most important thing you can do. I'm not going to let you get away with saying I need to raise money for yard signs and radio ads because those things aren't going to change people's minds. When you go there and you stand in front of them and you touch their hand and you put a piece of something, a uh, piece of paper in their hand, that's what's going to change people's minds. Plus, I'm real sure. skeptical of running as an independent. Do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, that requires? Yeah. <laughs> have, have you done research into that? Yeah, yeah, somewhat. I, I, well, when I was in college, I got married and I almost had a, uh, a minor in political science, so I got a little bit of background on it. But then I, you know, was married, working two jobs, and I was in the Marine Corps Reserve at the time. So I I didn't have time to to, to double major, but uh, um, so what is, know, so give me a rundown. I mean, what does it what does it require to be an independent candidate in the state of West Virginia? Do you have to get petition signatures? Yeah, so- yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but it's not a, a ridiculous amount. I want to say it's like two or three hundred signatures. Okay, well, you know that's that's a surmountable uh, task. And I would say that if you could accomplish that, obviously by getting petition signatures, you're automatically meeting people uh, simply the, by the attitude you know. of the the general population right here now is uh, I'm looking at the person and not the not the uh, party. Um, I don't know how much truth there is to that. And a lot of people actually register Democrat here just because they want to be able to vote in the primaries because mm-hmm. they know that the Democrat's going to win. Yeah, uh, you know they just want a voice. Uh, I guess the lesser of the of the evils. Well, I'd say if, you've if you got a choice. It, you know, if you can join the Democrats and somehow take that guy on in the primary, that's, that's a tough thing that's to a do. Tough call, but uh, it's tough to win in a blue district as a you know red it's, candidate. It's, it's tough to win as an anything against an incumbent. Uh, an incumbent. Incumbents win ninety something percent of the time. So you yeah. you know whether th- there's probably going to be a Republican in the race, uh, I would get, I would imagine because this guy's not going to well, run unopposed, is he? I well, I've met the guy that ran last time. He's a very nice guy. Um, Honestly, I don't think they're all nice to your face, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, why they sure. call politicians. Sure, sure. Um, I'm, you know, I don't think he has that much of a chance. See, the, you mean the Republican has no chance? I'm sorry. You mean when you say he has doesn't have much of a chance? Do you mean the Republican or the incumbent? The Republican, right? Now, so the, if, the incumbent, what, I don't think people are ridiculously thrilled about him. Uh, you know, the problem in this state, see, you can't pick coal seams up and move them to. Tennessee or Texas or somewhere where there's no state tax. So the economy here is actually pretty good, but it's only because you can't pick natural resources up and move them. You know, if you could do so, there would be no coal left in West Virginia. Well, I've heard uh, the opposite about West Virginia. I've heard it's a very poor place. Uh, well, it, well, it is for the people who don't work. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> the average so, person here. So there, we're begging. There's not enough. We don't have enough workforce. If you just show up to work, and, and well, I know you, how right. you guys feel about well, I know how you guys feel about this as well. But the, the simple fact of the matter is, if you got to be able to show up to work and pass a drug test, uh, if you can do yeah. those two things, you're going you're to have a job. If I had a family and I thought that there was a job where I could make fifty thousand dollars a year, and all I had to do was stop smoking pot to get it, yeah, I would yeah. do that. 
So, uh, sure. so here's yeah. what I'd run this down. Here's my rundown for you. On By the this way, I don't po- smoke pot. This political you have been in the past. I certainly have. Uh, on this political uh, election thing, I would say that if you don't want to have to deal with the primary trying to run off between established politicians, whether we're talking about Democrat or Republican, try the independent run. If all it takes is a few hundred signatures, that's doable. It'll do be not a, do the independent it'll, run. It'll be a learning experience for you. No. And yeah. What you need lose. to do, pick a party, run against them in either in the primary or the general, and just understand that what you're doing is investing in the future for the next run, because you're probably not going to beat him in this one. What you yeah. don't want to do is you want to create name recognition. Name recognition is what wins races. If you're on the ballot, you know, three different uh, times, the people continue yeah. to see your name, they see your yard signs and things like that. That's what's yeah. going to win you at some point. Or spend the time working at a, def- a second job and save money to move to New Hampshire. Thanks for the call. Sure. We appreciate hearing <laughs> Thanks, from you. Josh. We're coming up uh, an hour. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigEdPress.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of this live Saturday edition. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. Give you the features free, so head on over there and enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of the site. See what I mean? Go and visit freetalklive.com. There's no logging in uh, required, though there is a login, and that's how you get to control the content of the site. But you can enjoy the site without logging in, and there's a membership fee. There's, uh, it's all free over at freetalklive.com. So head on over there as we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's first talk to Steve calling way far away from Singapore. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. What time is it there? It is um, about 10, 10, 10, you know. 10 in the morning. Sunday morning. Nice. Yep. So uh, what's Monday morning, you said? Sunday morning. Sunday morning, morning. okay. Uh, so morning. go ahead, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was just, you know, I started listening to you guys a couple months back. Um, I uh, recently heard your uh, your Veterans Day episode because I, I don't get to listen to it every day. You know, I, I get it on iTunes and whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say for all the uh, all the people out there acting like, you know, you hate America and all this and that, you know, like you, you, guys, you guys are exactly right, you know. I, I found out about, you know, this whole liberty movement and stuff just from being jaded against everything and you know it really just opened up my eyes and and you know fortunate for me my uh my enlistment is coming to an end soon so i'm i'm fortunate to be able to get out and now i can uh you know focus on my efforts on promoting liberty and you know i've been reading and telling people and it's just it's it's just it's just an, an, an incredible thing what what are your plans i mean you've been in the military for what four years how long Eight years. Eight. Oh wow. Okay. So you've been you've been yeah, active yeah. all eight years. Oh yeah. Wow. All right. So what are your plans when you get out? I mean, being in the military, some people find that uh, despite the promises they were given by the recruiters, doesn't actually help them do anything to uh, find a career in life. What What's your plan? Um, I'm. You know, I'm going to use the, the GI Bill. You know, um, so you know, I'm still going to be a a leech. You know, in some people's eyes, but 
I feel I feel that I've earned it. But uh, going to use the GI Bill, go to school. Um, I want to be a, I want to be a teacher. And uh, you know, I wish I knew, uh, uh, I wish I knew about the Free State Project earlier because I would have tried to relocate there. But you know, I, I don't really want to say where I'm going in case someone from Singapore hears this. You know, it's a, it's a small place. I don't want to get myself in too much trouble, but. You know, How, maybe uh, Singapore's maybe a small road, place. Can, uh, probably eventually. Singapore is a well, you know an extraordinarily small place, but it's he's probably talking about the military. Oh, in the military specifically. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of teaching do you want to do? I want to do uh, uh, early childhood education. So, like preschool, that kind of thing. No, it'd be like, like like kindergarten, elementary school. Just 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 to be a good role model. See, and, uh, and yeah, I don't. These kids lives. I, I'd like to say I don't think for a second that using whatever government quote unquote service is out there that is available to you is being a leech. I think that um you know that the problem with government is the way that it funds itself, and that uh, funding is through force and coercion, not the mm-hmm. quote unquote services that it provides. Now, I mean, there are always things that go along with those services. But part of what it is is being in the military for eight years, and you've already done that. So you know, right? I'm, it's just part of the agreement that uh, that you know you you signed with them. So you're just you're just taking your part of the agreement. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some either. would call it being a leech, but I just don't think those people are um, creating a path to for the average person to uh, you know uh, get the ideas of liberty. Yeah, frankly. those people aren't being very friendly, are they? Uh, so I guess you're going to leave the military and then join and work for, are you planning on working in the government school system? Do you, don't you think that's going to encounter some of the same frustrations? Well, no, no, that's the thing. You know, I, I, I'm going to try to work for a, uh, for a private institution. Oh, okay. Now you understand you don't yeah. make as much money typically doing that though. Oh, I know. I, I'm going to take a huge pay cut, you know, right. leaving the military, but it's one of those things I want, I want to go back to the things you were saying on Veterans Day, like. You know, when you when you were saying the people who uh, who see what the problems are and they don't do anything that are cowards, I completely agree because, you know, knowing what I know now and how I feel, there's no way I I could I could stay in and do yeah. it. You know, it's it's you know I, I I struggle with it now to 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 justify, you know, what we're doing, and it's like I you know I'm like I said I'm lucky enough that my uh, my my enlistment is coming to an end soon cuz otherwise I'd go crazy if I had to do four more years you know no like I I have to get out Well good on you Steve and I hope that your circumstances change to allow you to come to New Hampshire because there are a lot of people that are interested in education up here a lot of parents uh, that are interested in uh, alternative education options setting up private schools I, I, they do have one uh, free stater run uh, private school or liberty activist run uh, private school don't they Mark and I hear there's one up in like Manchester somewhere I know that they had one at one Point, I don't know, yeah. you know what, what's going on with I that. mean, I don't have a kid, so I don't pay close, close attention to that. And I don't live in Manchester, nor do I. Right. So, But at, uh, yeah, there's a good movement up here, uh, Steve, for that, and, and I hope that you'll be able to make it. But certainly congratulations on getting out and getting out uh, without any uh, you know, limbs blown off or anything like that. I, I thank you uh, for, the, for exactly. the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Good luck. Uh, let's continue here at 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Scott listening, in, uh, listening to XM in Alabama on Extreme Talk. Hey, Scott. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind? Well, I just uh, just wanted to say to the last caller that uh, you know he has every right to use the, that GI Bill. I I went through college myself with the GI Bill. If it wasn't for that, I I never would have got through college. Um, Did you have any trouble collecting on it? Because we've heard from a lot of vets that uh, you know they felt like whatever the the services were that they were promised to them upon enlistment didn't really pan out. No, not not at all. Okay. Um, 
Okay, it wasn't it wasn't a problem. It, and it the the v, the the VA and the and the Montgomery GI Bill is a lot better nowadays. They have things straightened out and squared away, and, and it's real simple. Well, Mark, um, they can go on. If I recall correctly, I'm sorry to interrupt, Scott, but if I recall correctly, the complaint about the GI Bill was that you don't get what you're promised if you do something like get written up for like smoking pot or you get caught for some sort of violation of the military code of justice. That could potentially screw up your GI benefits. Is that true? Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I know that some people have been dishonorably discharged and they've kept their GI Bill, and mm-hmm. I know others that have lost it. So. Got it. So I it's a coin flip. Case by case. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Anything else you want to but, share, Scott? Yeah. Um, for anybody that has uh, benefits, they have the, the post-9-11 GI Bill now that, that offers um, additional funds. And and for anybody that's done their time, don't, don't feel like they're, you know, leeching or anything like that. They've earned it. They can use it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you put your butt on the line. You could have been killed in uh, some desert hellhole, and I, I would agree with you on that one. I thank you, uh, Scott, for the call and the thoughts tonight at 855-450-FREE. I, w- I wouldn't recommend joining the military in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it, it, it just seems like a really poor idea if you just want to go to college to, uh, to join the military. Of course, when I generally I, think college is a waste of money as well. Yeah, you know, when I look at the – personally, when I think the um, I think of the, the opportunity to buy, die in a battlefield um, is outweighed by – the chance that you're going to commit suicide, and I assume that means that uh, that you know the the conditions in the military must really really stink. Um, you know, we're you know you read about all these cases of PTSD and these uh, soldiers that come home with lacking limbs and things like that. Frankly, um, you know, whatever they're offering doesn't sound uh, you know doesn't sound good enough to me. You know, Mark, that reminds me, uh, we had touched on PTSD the other night, and I don't know if you still had that piece, but I know you'd mentioned to me that there was some more thoughts you wanted to share from it. I don't know if you can if you can pull it up again. That might might be interesting. Uh, in the meantime, let's go to Alan listening in Michigan to WSJM FM. Alan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Well, hey, on this um, overpopulation thing, okay, I have a small business in the area, and uh, if we could get a handle on like the welfare and the easy ride, uh, maybe it wouldn't be so comfortable to have all these kids. Certainly uh, the welfare system has some real backwards incentives in it, and I think ending government welfare would be a, a huge step forward for you know the, the people in this country because you get people hooked on welfare, and you're right. They'll, they'll, ha- they'll, be dis- they'll be incentivized to have more children that they can't afford just so they can get more money on their welfare checks, and that's not good for those yeah. kids, and it's not good for anyone. I'll tell you what, Alan, hold your thoughts. We'll come back with you here. I know you uh, had a little more to say. Uh, 855-450-FREE. want to make sure you get it a chance to get it all out. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. Wait a minute. Do we just say end welfare? What about the poor? What about the people that need help? Well, inevitably, we'll address that uh, objection coming up here in a moment. 855-450-3733. You can bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org.
Live toll-free number, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Live Saturday edition here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. Join you, uh, join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for news updates. Be kept in the loop about Free Talk Live and do it in the way that works best for you. We've got emailed updates or maybe you'd prefer to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Go to news freetalklive.com. In fact, uh, you can get signed up for all three of those things at news.freetalklive.com. But when you go to the Facebook page, if you like us on Facebook, Mark, you're giving away all kinds of prizes on Facebook. That much is true. There's and yeah, I think you were giving one away today. Am I correct about that? Uh, it was yesterday evening. It yesterday. ran into today, and I'm going to do another one this evening. You are. So coming up here sometime tonight, uh, you'll be. What are you going to give away? Can you tease us? Uh, I probably. Let's see. I was uh, thinking about giving away more Toto sacks. Toto sacks. Uh, yeah. Make Toda it so you can bring packs. your your uh, groceries back in from the car. It makes it really easy. I love the Toto sacks. Yep, great the, product. You know, you just all you have to do is guess a number between, well, you know, one in a thousand, or sometimes I have guess letter and i give away multiple prizes things like that so jump on over to facebook.freetalklive.com if you haven't already liked us on facebook click the like button and then when the contest comes up all you have to do is enter your answer and mark you'll take care of the rest right that's right so if you're looking for camping hunting or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders and boating equipment um, as you know, matter of fact, I've done quite a bit of shopping over at manventureoutpost.com, and they've got all kinds of uh, outdoor gear. I've got a, a coat, a downfield coat, and boy, that thing's warm. Got it at a great rate, too. Manventureoutpost.com. They've got some of the best rates on the Internet as far as camping, hunting, and shooting gear. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. It's family-owned business in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Toll-free number, 855-453. Let's go back to Alan listening in Michigan, Benton Harbor, WSJM-FM. Alan, you're back on Free Talk Live. We were talking about uh, ending welfare. Uh, are you there yep. with us? Yeah, th- thank you very much. No, I, I, I have to say that uh, I might, okay, I've got a small business. I have a, a little bit of education in human behavior, and I think the perspective on it is wrong. To think that somebody has children to get more welfare is to give them credit for being intelligent as though that's an investment. They are on welfare because they're stupid and they're lazy and it's increasingly more and more and they get sloppy and therefore that's the result of the kid. I don't, I don't, I, I think it's probably backwards. true that they're lazy, but I don't know if that means that everyone on welfare is stupid. I, don't I think, think humans react to incentives. And if you incentivize people to have, um, and you know, they don't have to be smart to act uh, on incentives, rats act on incentives. Um, oh, no, no, listen, I have needed assistance myself. I, I and they forced me. So to go on help for three months uh, in order to get a specific surgery, and then I went back to work and built a business. I hire these people. I pay them cash. They want their cash so they can stay on the program, and they talk about reproducing, and it is sloppy, and it is lazy, and they are not intelligent enough to say, if I have more kids, that's an investment to get a bigger check. They do not see it that way. As far as the population goes, you giving them an incentive 
would be to give put a fire under their fanny and get them out there and say, I have got to do this. But the incentive See? is to have more children. I mean, it doesn't take an, uh, an intelligent individual, and I don't know how intelligent uh, the average person on welfare is, but I, you know, I would say that um, you know, when, when their friend says, hey, look, I had another kid and I got a larger check, all you have to do is have a, another kid and get a larger check, yeah, they're smart enough to figure that out. Well, I appreciate that. I really do, because you are intelligent, and I'm intelligent, and that's how we would reason it. But I see these people every day, and they don't reason it that way. I got pregnant. Oh, no kidding. All right? That's just the end of it. Hmm. There is no more conversation about it. It's not like an investment. They just really don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not denying your experience. I believe your experience, and I think that you know that's valid. But I think there are a lot of people to just put to put everybody on welfare into the same group and to say these people fill in the blank is just not fair. It's collectivizing folks, and it doesn't speak to each individual's experience. And there are also people that get welfare checks so they can buy drugs and resell those drugs, uh, which is you know very a very thoughtful thing to do. I have been in line and I've watched a food stamp. We call them bridge cards there in Michigan. Be cashed out so they could buy liquor. I have seen it. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. In our particular area, we've got a huge amount of migrant workers, and you think, oh, God, there we go, it's the Mexican thing. No, it's unbelievable how it's all across the board. It is being monopolized because the, the, these folks are being fed laziness and sloppiness. That's what the welfare system should be called. It helped me because I had an incentive to go back to work, and I was there for three months. When it becomes a one-year thing, and it's not any different than this unemployment being extended, these people are coming to my door applying for jobs, and they want to be paid cash because they don't want to lose their unemployment. It is an incentive for I want to be paid cash just because it's better to be paid cash. Yeah, I don't want the government taking my money. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then I'm not on welfare. I just want to be paid the, cash. population goes. The second thing I wanted to say, we had a, a fish kill in the area. And according to the local news, we went and um, investigated all these factories to see who dumped the, uh, the poison into the rivers. And it turned out to be uh, carp herpes that killed them all. Carp herpes? Carp herpes. Never heard of such a thing. Herpes. Yeah, and they're talking about evolution. All right, um, I'll send in the herd. Uh, and then the third thing I wanted to say. Almost everyone I know and meet in Michigan voted for the legalization of uh, medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And you, as soon as you have the card, you're no longer allowed to buy a firearm to go hunting really? or for personal protection because that's a, you're saying that you are you're lying on your form saying that you don't use narcotics. Wow. Well, how, how, did, how did marijuana become a narcotic? I don't believe uh, marijuana is a narcotic. And that's incredible. It's, it's a new issue that came up this year. And, and, and uh, we're not talking about drug abuse in any way. I'm right. talking about medical marijuana. It, it, I think that it is a fabulous natural thing. And it's done in a regular. I hate taking aspirin. All right. I heard but you. All right. The benefits of that. And then to be compared to, well, you're not allowed to protect yourself at home or go hunting for deer. I don't understand this. What is the standard here, though? Almost all of Michigan legal It's nonsense. 
It's it's nonsense. Now, is it is it also true? Let, let's use the term narcotic appropriately here. Uh, for instance, there are plenty of prescription drugs that should be considered narcotics. I mean, there's uh, you know, oxycodone can be incredibly inhibiting as far as your abilities are concerned. You You're absolutely wanna... right. In our industry, um, oh God, I'd say seventy percent of the guys who run through the employment here are addicted. To Vicodin. Right. Are they allowed to own firearms in Michigan? Yes. Isn't yeah, so, that something? So, oh, yeah, my so, goodness. so it's only against the illegal employees. drugs. Only if you use illegal drugs uh, are you not allowed to own a firearm, is what you're saying. Listen, on the rental properties that we own, when I bought out another landlord, they said, I would rather rent to a pothead because they're clean and they're calm and they're kind well, again, again, generalizing right, doesn't it, it's, it's not really fair we gotta let you go thanks generalizing for the call. never is true yeah generalizing generally yes. not a good idea um <laughs> there are some dirty potheads out there i've known a few of them but some of them are clean it all depends people are different there's more coming up you can take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE Bring up whatever you want. So go ahead, drink all the alcohol you want. You can own a firearm, but What's if you smoke the big deal? Pot. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk live, dial in toll free, bring up anything you want. Live Saturday edition here, as always, it's Ian and Mark. 1 855 450 free. That's the toll free number, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 855 450 3733. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live for any period of time, you've heard about Bitcoin. Yet, obtaining them could have has been kind of tricky for some folks. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your bitcoins. They also offer a complete bullion store, so you can go there and buy gold and silver privately with bitcoin. If you're totally clueless about the bitcoin currency, they've got 24-hour customer service right there on the website. All you have to do is click the live support link at the top. You can see crypto exchange's banner posted at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Again, it's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we we just got off the phone uh, with a gentleman. We were talking about welfare, and I think our opinions on it differed somewhat as far as the the people that take welfare. He kind of lumped them all into one group and treated them as though they all have the same mindset, and I think that's that's not true. It sounds like he has a certain level level of bitterness in dealing with uh, with with folks that have uh, you know taken welfare, and yeah. you know. I, I I could understand some level of bitterness in that area because if you can imagine what it's like to try to give a job to a person who can't take a job because they'll lose their ben- quote unquote benefits, mm-hmm. um, you know, and how hard they'll work and what they've been taught the value of a dollar by having you know sitting around and having kids or whatever, yeah, you know, I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, it doesn't forward the conversation and saying these people are stupid. Right. I think that you – I think you were uh, pretty right on, Mark, by saying that people respond to incentives. Whether they're stupid or not, 
there's people, a lot of value. I mean, you know, yeah. People <laughs> respond to incentives. I mean, you look at uh, tests with uh, beasts in cages, uh, chimpanzees or whatever, and uh, they, they will respond, respond to, incentives. to incentives. So uh, so that's just a fact. And so what you do is you change the, the way the incentives work. Uh, the government system of welfare sucks. It is run by bureaucrats who are you know mostly middle class and get paid very well. In fact, that's where the majority of the money that goes into the welfare system goes, actually goes to the middle class bureaucrats that run the program, considering welfare. Welfare has something like a 60 or 70 percent overhead. Uh, now, you compare welfare to government welfare to like a private charity, say the Salvation Army or something like that, one of those private groups. Uh, they're doing a whole lot better. They tend to have the reverse. They tend to have like a 10 to 30 percent overhead. Yeah, Salvation the, Army, I thought was, yeah, I mean, it was uh, the, the, the I think the head guy there gets like 30,000 or 40,000 dollars a year and a, and a stipend on where to stay. So, I mean, you know, it's it's difficult to uh, dislike the um, what the Salvation Army spends. To, to help poor people. Right. Your opinions of their religious band notwithstanding, they certainly do a lot of good work. The Salvation Army provided me while I was in prison every single year with uh, some, a toothbrush and some socks and uh, other little mm-hmm. sundries, maybe a couple of candies. And, uh, you know, whatever I think about their particular religious bend, I put money in that red kettle yep. every single year because – they did something for me. I'd, I'd go to their church, too, if I was uh, freezing outside and needed a place to stay Yeah, that was warm and get some soup. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they're doing good work. And the thing is, you get to choose. We had somebody call in earlier tonight who was uh, ringing a bell for them outside, That's right. of a, outside of a store. And you get to choose every time whether to give money to a charity. Maybe you think that it's a problem that they're religious, and you decide you want to give money to some atheist charity. I don't know what they are, but you know they must be out there. They must be out there. I mean, I think atheists have that that big problem in the um, that they don't have. They're poorly sort of, marketed. Yeah. In fact, uh, you had some news about atheists. I do. As a I, do. Of fact. I have an article pull, here pull, from. Uh, pull that up. It just basically says that. No, hold on, hold on. Okay. We'll get to that in a moment. Just to, to the point on welfare, though. You get to choose uh, whether or not to give to welfare. You don't get to choose or from to charity. Excuse me. Thank you for charity. You don't get to choose whether or not to give to the government's welfare program. And thus, you have inefficiencies in the government's welfare program. Right, because they know they're going to get the budget next year, whether or not you like it, whether or not you appreciate their services. Right. It's Uh, it's not charity. It's an entitlement. And when you have an entitlement, and some people will call that uh, giving with dignity, Um, when you have an entitlement uh, situation, you're going to have people, you know, acting like they're entitled. And people who are acting like they're entitled generally aren't nice folks to hang out with. Right. Sorry to say. So to advocate, as we have done and will continue to do, to advocate to end the government welfare system is not to say throw poor people out in the street. It is not to say, you know, to uh, to harm the elderly. It is not to say any of these things is to say that if you really are compassionate about other human beings and the situation in which they find themselves, then the most compassionate choice is to get the government out of it because then the money that is currently being taken by force by the government could then be allocated to charity, private charity, on your own volition. You choose which charities uh, to send the money to, and then they use it much more efficiently than the government will. Not only do they use it more efficiently, meaning the, uh, the overhead of the program is lower, but also the money that they're paying out is going to the right people. If your issue with with welfare is that the recipients you claim are lazy, well, then give money to a charity that incentivizes good work, that incentivizes people to uh, you know to to keep up on the job hunt or whatever yep. you know get skills training like Goodwill. They they give people skills training. They they put people to work. 
You know, they've got a program for these these folks. There there are case managers in a lot of private charities that actually care about the people they're helping. I'm not saying every government bureaucrat is a heartless, cold bureaucrat, but they can get away with it because they have a union job that would allow them to be a heartless, cold individual and still keep um, you know their their position. Yeah, the I heartless... can understand why one gets jaded doing that kind of work. Yeah, I absolutely do understand. But I mean, you know, your wife used to work at the uh, the government welfare office, if I'm not mistaken. It's a type of welfare. She office. was a social worker. Vocational um, rehabilitation uh, office, and you know, and just some you have... of the stories that uh, she told are, you know, fr- frankly hilarious. Right? Wasn't one of the stories basically that she was working too hard, and she was told to tone it down? Um, she wasn't told to tone it down, but you know, other the other employees would would jibe her about it. That she was working too hard, making well, them look bad. Right? right. I mean, she was done by August. What they were supposed to be done by December, yeah. and they took her cases and handed them out to the other employees right at the end of her being done with them, so that she would be, you know. Sp- Spreading the wealth, essentially. Right. So I want to give my charitable dollar to a, chari- a charity that is actually paying attention to the recipients. I don't want a ch- I don't want a government welfare program where if you know how to work the system and you know what forms to fill out and you know wh- where you need to file them and just so you can get a payment without anybody overseeing anything. I want to I want these people to to have to go and you know have sessions with people who want to help them with volunteers. Because lots of charities are actually run by people who care so much, they're willing to work for nothing. They're willing to work for the the psychic income of knowing that they are helping people. Those are the kinds of places I want to give my money to. I'm not interested in supporting a, a government monopoly on allegedly helping people. Yeah. So entitlement so, program. So ending government welfare and replacing it with private charity is the most compassionate solution. But the problem is there are people in the liberty movement who don't understand how to present it that way. There are people who, like, for instance, Mark, you were talking about how you don't think you would do very well joining, like, the Democrat Party, for instance. Yeah, I'd make a poor uh, a Democrat from the standpoint that, uh, you know, people just wouldn't believe what I had to say. Yeah, I mean, I saw this in, in action earlier this week when Luther, who hosts a show with us on Monday nights, uh, was at the Occupy Keen uh, meeting this week with me, and he just couldn't hold back from doing the libertarian macho flash and uh, <laughs> and like dropping the word capitalism. Well, I'm a capitalist and capitalism is good and you know like capitalism yeah. this and capitalism. I'm like, oh no, Luther, what have you done? <laughs> and so I sent him to it. Needless to say, it uh, went over like a lead balloon with uh, with those folks. And sure, capitalism doesn't isn't the right term to use at an occupy uh, movement, right? Even no. though to us, what it means um, is you know people being able to exchange thing exchange things freely. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's the whole word has completely been just destroyed. And I I don't think that – and I think that actually Ofer uh, over at freemanch.com just posted a great article about the word capitalism and how terrible it is and some suggestions uh, for replacing it. Maybe we'll get to it, you know, get to the article in detail on another night on the show. But, but he, essentially, he probably, I think he probably received a little bit of uh, d- ribbing about that, too. You know, people just don't people, – people love that term, capitalism, some of them. I like what he suggests here. He says if you're referring to a person who allocates money and other capital goods to produce goods and services, use the term entrepreneur. Like one of the guys at the Occupy uh, Keen meeting, yeah. he's a farmer. He's an entrepreneur. He is. Yeah, there's but no doubt would, about it. He would never call himself a capitalist, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't call myself that either. We're coming up here, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, and we'll talk about the atheist thing. Come on. Free Talk Live. 
Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Live and only moments remain in this Saturday edition of the program. If you don't get in tonight, don't worry about it. We do this thing seven nights a week. And join Mark for the Sunday show. And if you don't get it on your local radio station, well, give them a call. They'll still hear you on other radio stations when you call in. Just go to freetalklive.com. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you can, of course, listen over at freetalklive.com. But contact your local talk station. Tell them thanks for airing Free Talk Live. Because usually they hear from the people that don't like their programs. So it's nice. Yeah, that's all they ever hear. Yeah. So this is uh, this is advice for any radio program, yeah. frankly. It's nice to hear from people that appreciate uh, a show. So uh, give your local station a call. Ask for the program director and tell them thanks for Free Talk Live. And then ask Real Nice Like to get more Free Talk Live because we do this, as I say, seven nights a week uh, as we continue here. 855-450-FREE is the number. That number is brought to you. By SACL CAI. That's right. SACL CAI. They do accounts receivable for businesses. They can do it for your business. They'll do it with respect. They'll do it with integrity. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. Let's go to the phones and to the fun, and then if we get a chance, we'll get the atheist story in here about what people think about them. Let's go to Alex in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Um, I had... Uh been, had just heard a little bit earlier, hadn't been listening for the past about an hour or so, but the guy was talking about uh, overpopulation. This really doesn't have anything to do with overpopulation, but you mentioned something about sort of medieval society, and um, I was, uh, it got me to thinking about uh, the society that was developed in early medieval Iceland, mm-hmm. and how it was a very low government kind of society, having been formed by individuals who kind of fled from a fledgling tyranny that had been built, was being built in Norway. Um, And uh, I thought it was a really interesting model to see how basically people who had moved to a place because they valued liberty, and that was the primary reason because they valued their property rights for the most part, um, was the reason they had moved there. Are you guys familiar with that at all? Yeah, we've heard about the medieval Iceland thing over the years. I believe uh, was it Friedman that wrote about it in his one of his books. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 held up as one of these uh, quote unquote anarchist societies, but I mean, it it had governance. It was just a, a you know a more voluntary form of governance. Um, there's and they had some level of competing arbitration, did they not? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, they generally had four regional courts that met and during times of the year, and one um, central court that met once a year. And generally, all these courts did was arbitration mm-hmm. between you know people who had certain um, you know who had a difference about something. And uh, the only real officials were would be basically someone to oversee the each of the regional courts. And um, they had a local official who'd speak in the courts called a a, a Gothi or a, the the 
individual, you know, the territory or whatever they represent was called a Goddard. Um, basically, it was a very, almost completely voluntarily held office in that the only reason you got to hold the Goddard was because people trusted you. <laughs> yeah, so you, you're and, essentially uh, like a, a village elder in that uh, that particular case. Yes, if people ceased to trust you, they could shift their allegiance to another individual who they thought would better represent them. Yep, it's uh, it's and, interesting. And, now, now, was it which king was it that ended up overthrowing the uh, the island? I, I'm not sure which king, but because uh, obviously it didn't last. It did go on for a, a, a while. If it, it went a couple on centuries. for almost for roughly close to 400 years. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good run. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, uh, it, and and that's you know back in the day when information didn't exactly travel uh, lightning speed like it does now. Also, your um, you yeah. know uh, wars of conquest really don't happen as much now as they used to. I mean, you mm. have to couch your war of conquest in some kind of war of retribution um, for some kind of slight or something like that. And, and it happens and, less often in uh, the first world as protecting well, protecting people or something like that. Yeah. So uh, so let's do it again. Let's bring uh, people who love liberty all to the same place and uh, be free that's what we're that doing actually that's, me, uh, yeah, that's the free state project uh, yes it's not that different in a way um, no it's really cold in new hampshire just like it is in, uh, in iceland <laughs> in iceland yes uh i would move there uh but um but 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 i have but 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 yes yeah. i do have a lot of family ties to where i bring them up with and, you man Hey, thanks for the call, Alex. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That family, it's a big... Family makes the moving tough. It's a big, big reason I moved people mine up. not going. Let's go to Brett. Listen, the question is, what do you want for the future of your family? Are you going to have freedom in Tennessee, California, Texas, Florida, wherever you are? It was not in Florida. That's where we moved are, from. Are you going to have freedom? Is your daughter, son, granddaughter, grandson, are, they, are those... Young people, are they going to grow up in a free place? I'm not guaranteeing that New Hampshire is going to be free, but it sure looks... It's already freer. It's yeah, the freest it's, state. <laughs> it already is freer, and it sure looks like it's uh, going to get more free as more freedom-loving people come here. I mean, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. The Mormons moved to Utah, had an, you know, an un- undoubted effect on Utah. The hippies moved to Vermont. They had a big effect on Vermont. And the liberty lovers are going to move to New Hampshire and are moving to New Hampshire, and we're going to have a big effect here. So are having, you, I mean, you know, there's already what uh, twelve, uh, you know, t- twelve state reps are twelve to fourteen state reps are right? uh, free state project members. So where do you want your grandkids to grow up? In what environment do you want for them? What where do you want them to to grow up? How do you want that to be for them? And if you're worried about what mom will think or what dad will think about uh, where you're going, well, what do they want for their kids? What do they want for their grandkids? Don't they want the best for them? And wouldn't the best for them to be in a free society where you know you weren't forced to pay for these government monopoly education programs could educate your kids in the way that you wanted to? I can tell you my mom would rather have my uh, child down in Florida, period. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a shame. That's yeah. very selfish of her. The, well, she doesn't, uh, you know, she doesn't see these ideas of liberty That's necessarily valuable. being the ones that are going to work. I mean, when you're a conservative or a liberal, you think your ideas work, well, right? It's a good thing you're not still living to make your mom happy. There, that's, well, I, you know, and I'm not. Let's talk to Brett listening in South Carolina to WSC-FM. Hey, Brett. Hey, uh, one of the things uh, you guys were discussing welfare earlier, and you're talking about how the bureaucrats don't seem to care. Um, one of the slides that, I, that, that you didn't really discuss was 
you know, you've got to bear in mind, those programs' budgets really and truly are based on the number of people on their books. So it's not in their best interest to, to try to get people out of the system. Good they point. want more people on the system. Um, the more people you have on the system, the larger your budget is. The larger your budget is, the more people you can hire. The more people you can hire, the more you promote within. Ergo, everyone, it, if you work in that system, it's in your best interest, um, or it's in that, that, that system's best interest to, to perpetuate it. I'd say you nailed um, they're, that one. They're but... not in that business of getting people off because that would—that's uh, kind of like you know they'd be working themselves out of a job. Well said, sir. Anything else you want to uh, share, uh, sir? I said, uh, well said. Anything else you want to share? No, no. I, I, that's just one of the sides that you guys didn't discuss. I, I, I mean, we we have a, a a huge population that that's on the dole here in Charleston, South Carolina, and unfortunately, you know, there's just um, there's no end to it. You nailed it. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate hearing from you, you tonight. Atheists, Mark, what's the news about them? Well, it's, I uh, used to be one. Yeah, this is from uh, ctvbc.ctv.ca. I so, guess I still am an atheist when it comes to the monotheistic daddy god. Uh, well, you don't believe in that, but... Uh, right. Yeah. Says atheists are rough, rough, roughly as distrusted as rapists, according to a oh, UDC study. <laughs> atheists are uh, distrusted as roughly as uh, the same degree as rapists, according to a new University of British Columbia study oh, exploring man. the distaste for disbelievers. The research, led by UBC psychology doctoral student Will uh, Garavis, found distrust to be the central factor motivating antagonism towards atheists among the religious. Uh, where there uh, are religious majorities, that is, most of the world, atheists are among the least trusted people, uh, Gervais said in release, with more than half a billion atheists worldwide, this prejudice has the potential to affect a substantial number of people. Researchers believe the negative perception of atheists may stem from some people's misunderstanding of morality. A 2002 Pew poll suggests half of Americans believe morality is impossible without a belief in God. Mm. In fact, I believe it's just the opposite. Morality is doing what you believe is right, even though people um, may disagree I believe that doing a religion is, you know, doing what people tell you, even though it may be immoral. And there's lots of examples for this. You may not believe it's true in your religion, but you can definitely believe it's true in other people's religion. So, yeah, what do what doing what doing what moral and religion? They are not uh, the congruous. Now, I'm no atheist. I, I believe there's a God. Um, I and I believe he set up a system of morality that, you know, sort of works that the morality works in this world. And that's why it's called morality. Well, and the rules of cause and effect apply to everybody, regardless of their religious beliefs. And yeah. Atheists are subject to them as well. And they they can follow their own. Inner what light and what it says to me well. that they're they're you know they're making a decision for themselves and I like the idea that somebody's actually making a choice for themselves. See you tomorrow, freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's gonna kill you, right? There's a healthier option. Twenty-two thousand times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save hundred and twenty dollars a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no smell, no secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to vaporsmiths.com.